When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into A to Z Sports Prime Time from the Zen Sports Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the great people at Zen Sports. Plug in that promo code ATOZTN and get up to $1,000 on your no danger first wager in the Zen Sports app. True Mav Fitness, where you go for the best workout in Middle Tennessee. No workout ever recycled or repeated. Go to TrueMavFitness.com for more information. And, of course, the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry. Wherever justice demands, Amanda J. and her team are there for you. Get your constitutional rights protected at AmandaJGentry.com. So, um, as you look at the Titans and their situation, obviously health is going to be a big talking point this week. Derrick Henry's status still up in the air. Jeff Simmons definitely going to miss uh, the game on Monday Night Football in Miami. Probably going to be without Christian Fulton, too. And I know, you know, you guys will make jokes about Christian Fulton and and say that you don't need him or that you're better off without him. But the point is, you just don't have enough bodies to go around right now. And if you're to have any kind of opportunity to win this game, um, you know, it's, it's going to be all, all hands on deck. Now, you know, you're two touchdown uh, underdogs for a reason. And I don't expect like, you know, 14 point, a 14 point margin of victory for Miami probably sounds about right right now. But if they are to have any chance to give themselves any chance in this game, then they're going to need as much of their personnel as humanly possible. And Traylon Burks is a part of that. Now, many people frustrated with the idea that Traylon Burks was made active to play only 10 offensive snaps, while Kyle Phillips, who has led this team in receiving, I think at least twice so far this season, was made a healthy scratch because he doesn't play special teams. And you can't have um, Traylon, who doesn't play special teams, Hopkins, who doesn't play special teams, and Phillips all active on a game day. Uh, so when you look at when you look at Traylon Burks and his impact, there's not been much of one to speak of. But I think the fact that he's that they that they're trying to take as many preventative measures around the concussion stuff as humanly possible. Every other injury situation that he's, that he's dealt with, you know, is, is basically the fault of football and and not the fault of Traylon Burks. And I certainly wouldn't blame, blame him for the concussions. He was just out there in Pittsburgh trying to make a play, but with, with Traylon, you know, anything that they can get from him at this point is a plus because he's just been such a non-factor that any level of participation or contribution uh, I think should be viewed as progress. I know it's a low bar. I understand that's where we are with this particular football team. But as we talk about everything else around them, baby steps continues to be the theme. So uh, in the comment section, your Two Rivers Ford take, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, what were your expectations for Traylon Burks this season? And just how uh, different do you uh, feel about Traylon Burks from, let's say, you know, week one, to where we are today, heading into week 14, the first game of week 14 tomorrow night. What were your expectations for Traylon Burks this season? We'll talk about them together on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch right after I remind you that your Two Rivers Ford take is presented by Two Rivers Ford. Quality American-made Ford vehicles, award-winning customer service, and a non-commissioned sales staff that never puts any pressure on you throughout the course of your car buying experience. No matter how you like to shop, Two Rivers Ford puts you in the driver's seat, whether that's online, on demand, the way that I ordered my uh, Two Rivers Ford vehicle, my 2022 Ford uh, Ford Explorer, which I love. It's uh, my baby. Her name is, well, this is Sugar 2. This is Sugar number two that I've been, uh, that I have. Sugar number one was a 2012 Ford Escape. We've always been a Ford family. We've always been a Two Rivers Ford family in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So what were your expectations for Traylon Burks this season? Um, 
William Jones says he's a bust and he always will be with the salute emoji, <laughs> which I don't know why that makes me laugh with the salute emoji, but it did. Um, right now, for sure. Right now, I'm not. I'm certainly not going to push back on the idea that Traylon Burks is a, uh, as the 18th overall selection is not to date a bust, for sure. How he goes about uh, writing the narrative or correcting the narrative, I would say it's entirely up to him. But it's really not been. It's been up to his body, basically, that's dictated his level of participation or lack thereof. Um, I think that. Uh, I think that when you look at what Traylon Burks had done to date, where he only had 444 yards in his rookie season. Obviously, he is uh, on pace to fall well short of that 444-yard total right now in 2023, which is, of course, disappointing. Uh, Traylon Burks, in his rookie season, had 33 catches, 444 yards, and one touchdown. Uh, without looking it up, uh, and you know, I'm sure some of you will cheat, but that's fine. How many catches do you think Traylon Burks has this season for how many yards? We'll talk about it together um, right after. Uh, well, actually, right after you hear from Traylon Burks, who spoke on a very scary concussion situation that he's been dealing with, which is, of course, the thing that has cost him the most time here recently. Kind of handle the situation for giving you time. Because uh, Rabel? Yeah. Um, I think he handled it, you know, the best way for the team and for uh, my safety. Um, you know, and uh, all I can do is just keep, you know, leaning on them and my teammates and doing whatever is right for the team and myself. It's been a while, but can you take us back to the night in Pittsburgh when you when you first got hurt and went off? and I, just... I, don't, I don't recall really much from okay. Pittsburgh. Um, other than, you know, just heard that we didn't win that game, yeah. and uh, you know, just moving forward. So. You seen the so replay? Concerned the trailing that, that you know two in, in one year like this, you know, two concussions in a year. Does that make that even more concerning for you? Uh, can you repeat that for me again? The fact that you've had two concussions in a year's time does it make that? I know concussions in general are very concerning. Does that make? Um, it I mean, you know, everybody that plays the game is vulnerable to concussions, so I don't really think about it that much. Um, you know, I just go out there and play the game. And, you know, whatever is in God's willing happens, it happens, and I, and I know that he'll take care of it. You see, you see the replay of it, and, and what you hear maybe from people after you're caught it off? Just a you know, bad fall, you know, and there's really nothing that I can do to prevent it. So, Is there anything specific in the recovery process that was harder this time than maybe last year? No, sir, not at all. You feel like now you're kind of in a ramp up period where you're going to feel better and do more maybe each week? Yeah, I mean, I've been feeling better. Um, Ever since, um, you know, and I'm just you know, ready to get out and do what I do. How hard is it to miss those three weeks, though, I guess, both in terms of being on the field, or, or two weeks, I guess, in terms of um, being on the field and, and practice? It's hard, you know. I mean, as being a football player, when you love football, when you love the game, you know, missing games is not fun at all. So, you know, it's been hard, but, you know, I'm just thankful that I'm back at the position that I am. What can I so that's Traylon Burks. Uh, I asked you guys how many catches for how many yards you think Traylon Burks has this season. I'll give you the answer to that here in just a second, right after I remind you that the primetime show is made possible by TrueMath Fitness in the Gulch, a new way to work out for the best version of you. Go to TrueMathFitness.com where your first workout is free and stay because it's the best workout in Middle Tennessee. A new way to work out for the best version of you with no workout ever recycled or repeated. TrueMath Fitness is there to serve to put you in the best position to succeed. So I asked you how many catches Traylon Burks had for how many yards this year if in his rookie season he finished with 33 receptions, 444 yards, and one touchdown. He had a success uh, a success rate of uh, a receiving success rate of 50% on the year. That is defined by Pro Football Reference as a successful reception gains at least 40% of yards required on first down, 60% of yards required on second down, and 100% on third or fourth down. The denominator, for those of you doing the math, is the number of targets that he received. So he was targeted 54 times in uh, 2022. He caught 33 of those and had only a 50% rate of success on those catches that he did make. So... For those of you guessing, Nick Supreme says 25 for 120. 
Uh, Elizabeth George says 15 for 200. James Dean says 16 for 200. My guess is 17 for 300, says Matt Stanley. Traylon Burks has eight catches this year. Eight catches. Eight catches, 122 yards. He's only been targeted. uh, I mean, he's been targeted 18 times. He's only caught eight of those passes for 122 yards. Now, his yards per reception is up from uh, from 2022. But again, those moments, few and far between. And, I mean, unless he unless he goes crazy in the last five weeks of football, he's probably going to finish under that 40, 444 yards that he uh, had in his rookie year. Doesn't have a touchdown, obviously, on the season. And his success rate as a receiver has dropped from 50% to 33.3%. Again, eight catches for 122 yards is uh, pretty jarring, right? Um, Because, forgive me, Devarte? Devarte Turner says 18 for 122. No, that's 18 targets. Only eight catches for 122 yards. Um, It's, I mean, it is absolutely bust territory, right? AJ, AJ Brown is... Um, breaking Calvin Johnson records. Like, he's a level of productive. The the thing that I think it's not, because you knew A.J. Brown was great when he was here. The thing about A.J. that I think is driving most of you crazy is that he's, in, he's almost, I don't want to say completely healthy in Philadelphia, but he sure as hell hasn't missed time in Philadelphia due to injury, and that was one of the bigger knocks on him here. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't know what that, uh, there's a bunch of symbols. I don't know what, what, particular language that is, but uh, asking on Facebook says, what's Burke's salary? I mean, he's still on his rookie deal, so he's not making much money at all. I can look up what his 2023 uh, salary is at this point. I would venture a guess to say it's under $5 million, um, but I will confirm that with Track here for you. Uh, and he, yeah, so it's a four-year. the The rookie deal was four years, fourteen point three six million dollars. Um, his base salary, so his total, his total uh, money earned this year between base salary, signing bonus, and roster bonus, uh, he counts against the cap for three point two six five million dollars. His base salary is under a million right now. That jumps to one point five next year and two point six. So it's still a rookie contract. Um, so it's not, you know, it's not like hurting you necessarily, but yeah, eight catches at will says, uh, uh, will says will in the comment section. Okay. Sorry about that. Will. must've missed that earlier. Anyway, um, under $5 million isn't a lot of money says Buck. Well, it's not, it's of course it's not a lot of money. Um, it's, it's, uh, pennies for a wide receiver. Wide receivers make 25 to $30 million a year. Good wide receivers. Make twenty-five to thirty million dollars a year, of course, under five million dollars. He's making less. His base salary is less than one million dollars. Again, it's not. It's not about. Um, it's not about what like the money right now. Here's here's why it's here's the only reason why it's about the money is because I, I don't know. He's not on track to make you know top wide receiver money right now. Obviously, he hasn't done anything that would make a team want to pay him, but the biggest issue with Traylon Burks and the rookie contract is you win with value, right? You win with cost-effective players. You capitalize on that so that when these guys get paid, either here or elsewhere, you've gotten the most possible value out of their rookie deal. So uh, Harry T-Dub won on YouTube says, so it's about $175,000 a catch. Yeah, that's a different way to do the math. That's definitely a different way to do the math. It's the correct way to do the math right now because Dylan Cole uh, correctly adds it's a lot of money for eight catches sure uh, he's th- there's there is nothing about the Traylon Burks experience that has that is satisfactory right and I I hate that for him because his health is not something that he is at least in this situation concussions are not something that he can control and that's clearly been a recurring situation uh, you notice on the for those of you who can see a bigger picture of the of the graphic here um, to my I guess that's technically to my right uh, that is Traylon Burks in the picture. You can see this little white collar 
that he's got on. It's called a Q-collar, and it is there to help prevent concussions uh, based on the level of blood flow and oxygen uh, that is being provided to the brain while he wears it is something that's, uh, you know, not, I don't want to say unique to Traylon Burks. There have been other players who have worn it in the past, but they are doing everything that they can to help this guy, to help this guy just stay out there. If he could just stay available, maybe he's not AJ Brown. I mean, he's certainly not AJ Brown. So let's, let's not, let's not even, I mean, I know it's impossible to not compare him to AJ Brown, but let's not for the purposes of this discussion. If he was just out there for like, I mean, I would say 15 of 17 games, 14 of 17 games, like there would be something there to make the production or at least make you feel better about that. The fact that he's just simply not out there, that he's simply not been available to them and that, you know, it's still such a slow burn for a player that you needed to have an impact right out of the gate. It's, it's, it's sad. It's, it's, it is sad. It is disappointing. It is frustrating uh, for, for him as much as it is for you. And, you know, I just don't know what he can do beyond, beyond not play football. That's going to prevent concussions. And obviously that is not, that's not an option right now. Uh, they, they need him and he's one of, he's one of the biggest things that kind of, I I don't want to say, I mean, he is a letdown. Let's, let's be clear about that. Traylon Burks as a player is a letdown. He is one of the bigger reasons why I think they are at, in as deep a hole as they are in this year. Because Traylon Burks didn't pan out, because Andre Dillard obviously didn't pan out, and because uh, I would say Chig and Phillips have really not done much in the way of taking a taking a meaningful step in year two of their uh, in year two of their careers here. So it's three pretty disappointing year two players plus what you have in Andre Dillard that have put them in as deep a hole as they are in. Um, turf uh, DHB says turf toe, respiratory issues, concussions. It's all been a fiasco. It's true. Um, he's not even finished his second year, uh, says MB. And I, I, MB, I assume you're saying that as a means of defense for Traylon Burks, that he's not even finished his second year. Uh, and while I understand, you know, I understand people who are willing to preach, who are wanting to preach patience with Traylon Burks, the reality of the situation is they as an organization cannot cannot afford to to be patient. I mean, they can, of course, because you don't want uh, his uh, his injuries to be exacerbated. But like there is no world in which preaching patience around Traylon Burks is an acceptable outcome other than to protect his health because he is a player that they need to have an impact and he has had uh, no such impact uh, to date. He has not been a factor in any kind of meaningful way beyond, I mean, I would say the number of games that he's had a meaningful impact on, I would say is less than five across how many, how many has he played this year? He played, he appeared in, he's appeared in six games this year. He has eight catches in those six games, uh, did not have a target or a reception against Indianapolis. The last time he played, he had three uh, targets, two catches for 23 yards. He had two targets against Atlanta when Will Levis went crazy. He had zero receptions in that game. Uh, he had one catch for on six targets. That was for five yards against the Browns. His biggest contribution on the season, three catches on four targets, 76 yards, and again, no touchdowns. Uh, He appeared in 11 games last year with those 33 catches and 444 yards. He has appeared in six such games this year with five games left to go. So at most, he's only going to appear in as many games as he did last year. What he does with those opportunities um, remains to be seen. Uh, MB says, yes, Buck, wide receivers used to take years to develop. He came to a team that has run first. If the Chiefs drafted him, he would probably – be further along minus the injuries. Yeah, but that, and and I, I get what you're saying there, but like, I, I'm not willing to entertain hypotheticals around them because like, I just don't think it's a productive exercise because they, he didn't get drafted by the Chiefs. He's here, right? That's like saying DeAndre Hopkins would have made a difference on the Chiefs this year for the amount of drops that they've had. That's probably true, but also it doesn't matter because DeAndre Hopkins is a Tennessee Titan. So um, I get what you're saying. Wide receivers no longer take years, quote unquote, to develop. The impact players, especially a top 20 pick, needs to have some kind of impact. Uh, 
you know, if not immediately, uh, certainly by year two. I don't think that I don't think that um, years to develop is really the standard for wide receivers. Rashi Rice is a player who is making an impact for the Kansas City Chiefs because one, the wide receivers there are terrible, and somebody needs to show something consistent. Uh, I'm not going to compare him to Justin Jefferson, but obviously Justin Jefferson did not take any ramp up time. Uh, guys like T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, uh, Jamar Chase, obviously with the Cincinnati Bengals. Puka Nakua did not take years to develop. He was put into a system that allowed him to maximize his skill set. And while I'm willing to entertain that this is not a place that would maximize the skill set of a wide receiver, uh, you know, I, I don't think that I, I'm not blaming Traylon Burks for his situation. I, I blame his health, which is not under his control. And I think that is the thing that that frustrates you the most with the current situation around Traylon Burks. Uh, and and uh, you don't have to be Jamar Chase uh, or or Justin Jefferson to be a productive player, right? Those are the, those are the, the peak. Um, right now, they just need him to play. Anyway, A to Z Sports Prime Time is made possible by the great folks at Zen Sports. Download the app, plug in the promo code ATOZTN, and they will get you your up to $1,000 no danger first wager. Zen Sports is the best place for you to wager on all, all your favorite major sports. And if you feel like your play at Zen Sports is exceptional, you could qualify for their VIP rewards program. It's invite only. So if you think that your play in Zen Sports qualifies for all the great bonuses, boosts, and comps that they offer, if you are successful on the Zen Sports app, plug in the promo code ATOZTN, go to zensports.com slash VIP for more information. Make sure you uh, get in on the action today. Terms and conditions do apply. Gambling problem? Call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. So, of the the players who you expected to make an impact this year, Traylon Burks is going to fit this category. Kyle Phillips is going to fit this category. Chickaconquo is going to fit this category. Uh, Of the players that you expected or that you had higher expectations of, who is disappointed who has been the biggest letdown in 2023 for the Titans roster? Uh, it doesn't have to be from among those three players. You can choose whomever you'd like, I suppose. But those three are pretty notable, given that they're all on one side of the football, given that they're all second-year players, and that they've all kind of underwhelmed. Who did you have the highest expectations for, or who most fell short of your expectations that you had for them coming into 2023? Uh, Puka says, have I heard anything else, uh, about the pushback on Teron Davenport's article? Um, yeah, I've, I've heard, I've heard plenty, uh, about pushback on Teron Davenport's article. Here's the thing about the, the article. And I talked to TD about this and, you know, I wanted to make sure that I was clear with Teron and, you know, he's obviously the, the kind of person that completely understands and that you can have this kind of conversation with Teron set out to accomplish something. Teron set out to provide clarity about Rand Carthon and Mike Vrabel's situation. Um, about their relationship, about uh, a couple of different things, uh, about their roles, basically, about the distribution of power, and about some of the recklessness that's been speculated around this, th- around these things. There are a bunch of things that are not Teron Davenport's fault as to why this this article does not accomplish that. Um, one, I, I know that ESPN basically, I don't want to say held that article for a month, uh, but Teron Davenport is not in charge of when his editors allow him to post his pieces. I have free range, right, at A to Z. I, we do have editors at A to Z. We do have site managers, but I don't have anybody who's going to tell me that I can't, that I have to hold a post for a month. So right out of the gate, you know, you can add some information in, but the bulk of the piece was written before all this Greg Bedard stuff came out, right? And so that's that kind of does, it it doesn't kind of, it really does Tehran's article a disservice. Then, uh, based on the quotes that was provided, uh, that were provided to him, I didn't, I personally did not come away learning any, anything really new about Mike Vrabel or Rand Carthon, their dynamic or their relationship. Um, The amount of pushback that I got from inside the facility was pretty strong, uh, to be honest with you. And I and I told Teron that. I texted Teron this morning. I said, hey, just want you to know, I'm not pushing back on your reporting. 
Uh, there are people in inside the organization pushing back on the answers that you were given specifically by Rand Carthon. Now, I think it's notable that there were not people pushing back, uh, at least to me, uh, about Mike Vrabel's role in that article or Mike Vrabel's job responsibilities the way that they are on Rand Carthon. I think that the I think it's curious that this many people, especially within their own building, are interesting are interested or are uh, whether they're interested in not seeing Rand Carthon succeed, whether they think that Rand Carthon is not doing a good enough job or whatever their motivations might be. There is a, a, a strong amount of put pushback there. And Tehran can only report, he can only report on what he's, what not, he, I don't want to say that he can only report on what he's told necessarily, but like he can only use the responses that he's given and, and let that, and let come what may, right? Um, it's it puts TD in a tough spot, and I really think, and you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying this on behalf of Teron. Teron Davenport is a is a grown ass man, and he can do as he likes, uh, or he can, you know, he can speak for himself, basically. But I personally feel that ESPN did him a a huge disservice by holding that piece as long as he's as long as they did, because I know even, you know, I think he was supposed to be able to put that out on Friday uh, and then wasn't even able to do that until this week. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's not, it doesn't accomplish what I think it, it was initially set out to do. And what it was initially set out to do was to provide some clarity in the aftermath or the, you know, the, the results of the Atlanta Falcons game. And this is, you know, this is a month later. Um, uh, chosen says, why did they hold it? That's crazy. No, that's, that's pretty, um, that's pretty standard. Like, you know, one Titans don't matter to ESPN.com. Hell, I couldn't even find it on the ESPN.com main NFL page a a day after it was, it was published. So like that tells you that they got no level of engagement on it beyond, you know, Titans fans who care about this, this drama, uh, that's going on. And, uh, and it's it's not uncommon for for an editorial staff to to ask the writers to hold a piece, especially when the piece that's being put out is about a four win football team and a fan with with a a level of engagement that is not. I mean, it's not going to be. It's basically not worth the ESPN's time to put it on their homepage. It's it's again, it's not that uncommon. And I would I, I I'm not I'm not I I don't want to speak for Tehran, right? I don't work for ESPN. I've not dealt specifically with their editors. All I know is that based on the amount of people uh, that I know that work for ESPN and how I, my understanding of the process, that what happened to Tehran is unfortunate, but not uncommon uh, in, in that sense. Um, uh, Amar says TD did a good job on the article. I think ESPN held it back on purpose. Well, I, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to speak to, I don't, I have no idea why ESPN waited as long as they did to uh, allow him to post the piece. All I know is that they did him a disservice by having him wait. I mean, it was damn near a month by the time, from the time that he talked to Ran and Vrabel to the time that that actually ran, uh, that that story ran. Um, it's just, you know, it's not, it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything for ESPN. Uh, it, it does something for Titans fans. It It's valuable for Titans fans, but you know, comparative to the scale of people that click on ESPN.com, uh, the Titans. I think I think the last time I talked to somebody about level of engagement that various NFL fan bases drew, Titans were like 29th out of 32 in terms of ESPN's uh, social media metrics and engagement metrics. So, of course, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to do anything to cater necessarily to the 29th of 32 fan bases where, where their level of, where they see the level of engagement. Obviously, that's different for like A to Z sports because, or A to Z sport, A to Z now has, you know, uh, team sites in every market. Um, but for, you know, for me, obviously, uh, all we talk about is Titans. So that matters more for me um, than it does for Toronto at ESPN, where he's kind of fighting an uphill battle. So that is what it is. Anyway, uh, so who's been the most disappointing player on the Titans roster that you came in with expectations for this year on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch. We'll talk about it together right after I remind you that the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry are there to protect your constitutional rights. They will go above and beyond to make sure that you feel informed, that you feel protected, that you feel adequately served. A lot of people know what it is to feel left behind, to feel 
left out of some of the information process involving your constitutional rights, because again, we are not all constitutional law experts. That is what Amanda and her team are there to provide for you. That kind of service, that kind of protection, that kind of passion and uh, passion and uh, the word that I'm looking for is commitment to making sure that you see the level of justice that you deserve. Wherever justice demands is what they offer you. AmandaJGentry.com for more information. So uh, on, on a level of players that I expected to see more from this year, uh, Manny, uh, Manny on Facebook says Caleb Farley. I had zero expectations for Caleb Farley. Um, Caleb Farley is not even off PUP. I don't know if Caleb Farley's, I don't know if Caleb Farley's ever going to play football here again. I think he's probably out at the end of the season. I, you know, I obviously nobody's rooting against that guy. Um, if anything, people are rooting for that guy because of the amount of just personal life trauma that he has experienced over over his lifetime, and not not exclusive to the injuries, but I mean the loss of his father. Uh, on top of losing his mother to cancer several years ago, like Caleb Farley's, Caleb Farley's attitude has been phenomenal for how many tragedies have befallen him, um, and I respect Caleb Farley a tremendous amount for that. Uh, I have zero expectations for Caleb Farley as a football player, and that that really sucks. Um, that really, really sucks. There is, I have zero expectation of seeing Caleb Farley. Uh, in the next five weeks, perhaps that is something uh, that you know remains to be seen. As as when last I checked in on Caleb Farley's situation, there was nothing that would indicate that he was anywhere closer to being removed from the physically un, uh, physically unable to perform list. It makes him one of Traylon Burks, uh, or excuse me, it makes it one of on the on the one year anniversary of John Robinson being fired. Uh, today is the one year anniversary of John being far, fired. Um, Caleb Farley is not John Robinson's worst draft pick. It, the, the worst draft pick is for sure Isaiah Wilson, but Caleb Farley is definitely one B to Isaiah's one A for completely different reasons, and I I hate it for him. I I really truly hate it for him. Um, it sucks. Uh, fade says Brewer hasn't been good. Brewer's not been, he's not been great. Uh, okay. Here's what I'll say. Aaron Brewer has been average. Aaron Brewer has been average to below average, which is, you know, basically all I thought that they needed out of an offensive line group this year. And they weren't able to, weren't able to even achieve that. So I don't think that, I think Brewer has been average uh, to at his worst below average, but I don't think that Brewer's been bad um, by any stretch of the imagination. He would be he would be a completely competent backup. He's been thrust into a starting role, uh, and as a result of that, I think he has you know obviously underwhelmed people. When you follow Ben Jones, uh, you're going to be a disappointment. And uh, and for um, I think uh, and for you know Brewer, I I thought that he might be serviceable. He has been serviceable this year. Uh, Amars has moved Dylan Raidens to center. Cosell was convinced that that you know that he was always going to be an interior player, but that they thought they could do something with him at center. Now there is zero sample size of of Dylan Raidens playing center, so I I don't. And also Dylan Raidens does not play with the power and the the just the physical strength that I think you need from an offensive lineman. Uh, there is a discern. There is a discernible. The thing about Aaron Brewer, he's he's only two hundred and seventy five pounds, probably at his best. I bet, I bet he's closer to two fifty than he is to two seventy five. But I, I don't know that. That would just be speculation. Um, at this point, I've never seen Brewer step on a scale. But uh, Dylan Radens is not as powerful or as strong of a player or as violent of a player as Aaron Brewer is. That's why Aaron Brewer has redeeming qualities. That's why Dylan Radens, um, you know, beyond technical deficiencies or a lack of a true position, Dylan Radens just not a very physically strong player for an offensive lineman. I, I mean, at best, he is a backup right now. Based on his career here, I don't think that's the end all be all for for Dylan Radens. Perhaps he goes somewhere else and succeeds, but I, at best, he is a depth player uh, here, and I would not expect him to be retained beyond his rookie contract. Um, uh, Chris Johnson says, tank the season and get some better players. Chris, I, if you think that they're tanking, you're obviously ignoring the situation. They're just a terrible football team. They don't, they're not, they're not ever going to tank. They went out there 
you know, we didn't get to this on the radio show today, but like Lucas and I both came out of Sunday being like, all right, if they're going to, if they're going to lose, like at least you want them to go out there and try and kick somebody's ass while they lose, which is not quite the opposite of tanking. They're losing football games and they're trying their ass off to win them. Um, which I think is if, if they're going to suck and if they're going to lose, then you want to see them go out. You don't ever want to see a football team tank. Um, that's, that's not, that's, you wouldn't want the people who were here uh, who subjected themselves or agreed to a tanking situation. They are losing football games and that they are trying, that they are giving their best effort in route to losing football games. You know, it's, I, I know you guys are probably going to drag me for for saying, you know, that's how you want them to lose, but you definitely don't want them to tank. Um, I think that that is, that is the, uh, that is obviously uh, the situation. Um, that is the situation that you would like to see the least. Uh, Chosen says, Buck, would you believe fans are blaming Levis? Sure. I mean, they're four and eight. Like every, nobody, nobody should be excused from criticism at four and eight, right? They're a shitty football team. And that Levis has only been able to uh, win in two of their six starts is not all Will Levis's fault, but it's, you certainly can't ignore that, right? Like, I, I happen to think that Will Levis has, there has been almost nothing about the Will Levis experience that I have not liked, right? I think he plays with great passion. I think he plays with great energy. I think that he's a smart player. I think that he is a physically capable player. I think he's got a skill set that should lend itself to being one of the higher caliber players at that position in the league. Whether he puts it all together remains to be seen. He's only he's only had six starts. Um, and he's also a rookie. So a lot of this stuff, there's a completely fair learning curve, but can I believe that fans are blaming Levis? Yeah. I fans, fans should be able to blame whomever they want to at four and eight. It's not acceptable. Um, seven touchdowns and two picks says Hill, Ant, it, Ant, Hill, Ant Hill, uh, in these six starts. Um, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but two of, two of those, t- like, I don't want to box score scout him. Two of the, two of those two of those touchdowns are in garbage time against the Jags when the game is completely out of hand. Like the context for the touchdown passes and the context for the interceptions matter. I'm not interested in box score scouting him. Like he could he could be two touchdowns to seven interceptions and it not tell the complete story. Right, seven touchdowns and two interceptions does not tell the complete story. Um, the the thing about Will Levis for me is does he? And we talked about this today on the install with Greg Cosell. It's available to you wherever you get uh, wherever you get your podcast. He he should easily have way more than two interceptions. Um, should should the defenders that are making plays on these balls come away with picks instead of passes defense? There's been tons of picks that Levis has had outright dropped. Now that's that that's fine. Like you, whatever the case may be, and Hill Ant Hill goes on to add that he blames the coaches. Again, at four and eight, you can blame whomever you would like to. Levis, coaching staff, I think some of that blame is fair. Some of that blame is not fair. But, um, you know, Levis, I am encouraged by. I don't know that he's their future quarterback. There's there's not been enough of it. Of, there's not been enough information for me to determine that clearly and obviously. Uh, nor has there been enough information for the coaching staff to determine that clearly and obviously. But, I sir, I would. I'm certainly encouraged by him. He's certainly the thing on the roster that gives you the most hope. And if he can pan out, if he can succeed at a higher level with just not the one of the. I mean, they're not the worst roster in football, but they're probably bottom three, bottom four roster in football. Uh, then yeah, I think that there is there are reasons to be encouraged by it. I love I love his fight. I love his attitude. Uh, I think that uh, I think that there is a there's a lot to like about Will Levis. Um, and chosen asked me, do what I say that he's worth building a team around any rookie quarterback contract is worth building a team around. Bryce Young is worth building a team around. CJ Stroud is worth building a team around. Will Levis is worth building a team around. Um, I'm not making any conclusion like Jalen hurts on his rookie contract. Mo- nobody thought that Jalen hurts was going to be able to succeed and he's not had his best year. Certainly now that he's making a lot more money, right? That's why it's so critical to capitalize on the rookie quarterback contract. If they are if they are making not $52.5 million a year the way that the best quarterbacks in the sport are, it's going to be a hell of a lot harder for the Chargers to win, for the Bengals to win, for the Ravens to win with quarterback contracts that are no longer at value. 
Um, Amar says, damn, bottom three to four roster. Wow, have the Maidu fallen. Yeah, I just, I don't know how you could argue anything against that. They're certainly not any better uh, than a bottom three to four roster right now. I, you would put Carolina certainly in that discussion. Um, the Patriots are in that discussion. And then, you know, the Giants have a lot of injuries, but the Giants are a more talented football team when they're healthy than the Titans are. There's, there's no disputing that, uh, I think, at this point. Anyway. Uh, let's keep it moving. Let's do rising and falling. Who stock rose, who stock fell this week in sports. I'll remind you that the Ashton real estate group of Remax advantage makes the primetime show possible. The official real estate agent of the Nashville predators can be found at GaryAshton.com. Preds on a heater, by the way, Preds, uh, two, two big wins on the road. They got a huge win against the Tampa Bay lightning tomorrow night at Bridgestone. In fact, uh, my friend Lindsay Rowley just texted me and asked me if I wanted her tickets. So I may take her up on that. And, uh, and see if I can't get, catch a Preds game after we wrap up the primetime show uh, tomorrow night. Um, so, whose stock rose? Whose stock fell this week in sports? That is the question that we will ask you. Uh, Hill and Hill says Spears has risen 100%. Uh, big overtime win for the Preds last night. Absolutely. Phil, uh, Phil Forsberg was on the radio show today. Phil, uh, they, te- they texted us at like 1045, the Preds PR people, uh, asking us if we wanted Forsberg at 11. And I'm not going to say no because he won and he won the shootout for them last night, or he was the goal that clinched the shootout for them last night. And Forsberg uh, is a great interview, so uh, you can check out the podcast of the radio show today and hear from Sir Philip Scoresberg, Phil Forsberg, uh, in the second hour of today's radio show, the start of the eleven o'clock hour, uh, and we enjoyed our time with him. Uh, so, uh, whose stock rose? Whose stock fell? Fate says Duncan is making strides. They definitely. Between the two of them, they're still not good, uh, Duncan and Raidens. But I thought they played better, which is ironic, right? Because against the uh, against the Panthers, they only allowed one sack. And they had a better game against the Colts as an offensive line group from a pass protection standpoint, but they gave up six sacks, right? Um, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty again baby steps. For Duncan, and I, I haven't looked at the pro football focus numbers for Duncan yet. I can probably do that right now before we uh, wrap up uh, today because I know he allowed more pressures uh, to the Colts than he did Carolina, which is, you know, of course, to be expected. The Colts have a better front than do the Carolina Panthers. Um, I'm going to take a look really quickly at the Tennessee Titans uh, and Jalen Duncan's blocking uh grades again you know a, rem- a reminder that these are not perfect uh on the uh, on the season or that these are not you know 100% accurate uh for these based on like how the coaching staff would grade them but this is the game report for the Indianapolis Colts uh game and for Jalen Duncan who played 100% of the snaps uh he had 85 total snaps that he was graded on 44 as a pass blocker 41 as a run blocker, and he was uh, pretty bad across the board. He allowed nine total pressures in this game, according to Pro Football Focus, uh, five hurries, a quarterback hit, and three of the six sacks are credited to Jalen Duncan. Uh, one of the sacks is credit, credited to Dylan Radens, Um and that is... Kind and the and two are credited to the quarterback uh, at this point. So um, that is where the Jalen Duncan experience for Raidens' purposes. Uh, he also allowed five pressures. So uh, Duncan allowed nine. Uh, Raidens allowed five. Four quarter, quarterback hurries for Dylan Raidens and a sack included in that. So uh, really, really, uh, you know, not. I mean, he's a six-round rookie, right? Like. There's, it's, it's all baby steps. It's all baby steps. Uh, a lot of you guys are, are talking about like emotion that he showed after the loss. He cares. I only saw a screenshot and I, you know, I don't, I, I haven't talked to Jalen obviously since Sunday. Um, uh, I haven't talked to Jalen obviously since Sunday. So I don't know if he was crying or I don't know if you, there was just like a sweat, uh, a, a drop of sweat rolling down his cheek. Um, so I don't want to assume that he was crying. Um, but, you know, I mean, how could you not be upset? Like, like, that's about the most disappointing way to lose a game that they could possibly have. That I, you know, it, one would hardly blame him for being emotional about losing the, the Colts game the way that he did. Uh, Supreme Nick says C.J. Beathard fell hard after that fumble for snap. Um, 
as far as like stock up, stock down type stuff. Yeah, CJ Beathard, uh, and and you know, stock down the Jags, stock down the Jags for sure without Trevor Lawrence for the foreseeable future. Uh, but there was a uh, a stock up moment that's worth noting is Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs is was uh, going to remain is going to remain the starter for the Minnesota Vikings as they try and scrap something out as a wild card team in the NFC North. Zach Wilson back in as the starting quarterback for the New York Jets. It's been a little bit of a carousel, I think it's fair to say. Over the last several weeks, Tim Boyle then was replaced, and now they are going back to Zach Wilson. Robert Sala making the announcement today, saying essentially after a couple days of speculation, uh, Zach Wilson came into his office and said, I want the ball. Zach Wilson meeting with reporters later today uh, said he is going to have more fun than he ever has. They believe this is their best chance to win. Meanwhile, for the Minnesota Vikings, Josh Dobbs is still their starting quarterback. Kevin O'Connell and the rest of the Vikings staff took the bye to consider all of their options after a really, really rough couple games for Josh Dobbs. Six turnovers in the last two games, and now they get Justin Jefferson, the All-Pro back. They believe Dobbs is their best answer this Sunday against the Raiders. We will see if he ends up having a short leash or not. So stock up Josh Dobbs. The pastronaut continues uh, to try and find ways to win football games, try and find ways to uh, to earn another opportunity elsewhere. I uh, I'm I'm really it's really cool to see. You know, I don't I don't I'm not going to act like I like I know Dobbs super well, um, but I've got a lot of respect for him, uh, and I've really enjoyed the times that I've been around him, and I I consider him to be still one of the best stories in football, even if it's not quite carried the momentum. The way that it uh, it started at the uh, started at his first opportunity with the Minnesota Vikings. Anyway, it's going to do it for us tonight. Radio show is going to be a lot of fun. Apparently, it's my last uh, day of radio for the week. I uh, I totally forgot that I took Friday off um, because they play Monday Night Football. I was like, well, if I've got to talk about Monday Night Football, preview it, you know, an extra day. I might as well take a Friday off instead of taking Monday off. So I'm off radio on Friday, uh, and uh, and Lucas is going to be me on Friday. And I don't know what I'm going to do with myself on, uh, on Friday during the day, because I'm probably still going to go to practice. So it didn't really make a lot of sense for me to take a day off on that day, but either way <laughs> that, that is, uh, that is what it is. Um, Michael Brewer says, is commenting on the Facebook or YouTube stream better? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I have no idea, but whatever one makes you happy, you Twitter, Twitch, whatever, whatever makes you happy. I'm, I, you know, there's, I, I may see them. I may not. There's a lot of, fortunately, knock on wood, we get a lot of comments. And so I, uh, I don't, uh, yeah, I, whatever your preferences, whatever makes you happy though. Uh, chosen says, don't scare us. Thought it was your last day with the zone. No, I mean, as far as I, I'm, I, I'm, you know, in a contract situation. So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens, uh, what, what happens with that there. But, uh, you know, I don't anticipate, I don't plan on going anywhere. Anytime soon, unless you guys are trying to run me out of town. And even then, I don't think you could run me out of town. I think you'd have a really hard time. You would, it would have to take something pretty serious. Bert would have to dig up some, uh, Bert would have to dig up some, uh, some significant dirt for you to be able to successfully run me out of town, but we'll see none yet. Uh, the Colts song should be played for the rest of the season. Okay. Well, that's all well and good because it is in fact, the end of the show. So you guys tomorrow at 10 AM on one Oh four, five, the zone. This is our Colts, this is our team, we bleed blue. This is our Colts, whether win or lose, we love them. For the shoe, beat the Titans, let the world hear us now. This is our team, 